I want to officially declare first fruit season is open. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Amen. Touching somebody um, that's next to you. Lord, give revelation and understanding of your word so that we might profit thereby. Thank you for your kingdom being manifest even over the finances of every household in this house. Thank you for the mighty increase you've promised and that you've always, you've always kept your promise to us concerning that increase. And Lord, I'm declaring in the name of Jesus the mighty increase over every wage earner, every business owner, every giver in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that you would give us understanding so we might enter into what you've already prepared. For this we give you praise and thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I don't think you did it, but so in case you didn't, please reach over and grab somebody, squeeze them real hard. Amen. Just don't forget to let them go. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, those of you that help us with um, technical sound and sight. Thank you so much. I, I, I want to begin this season uh, by exposing us to, um, to a quick animation of the word that the Lord has put in my heart. And I was, I'm so grateful, actually, it was Neil Thomas that found this. I didn't even know it existed. And he said, Bishop, do you, what do you think about this? Because first fruit season is coming. And it was so good. It's so good until um, we'll make sure you can get it either off the app or off of one of the, uh, one of the group text uh, so you can have it. Because it really is uh, a very powerful powerful presentation I just didn't know anyone had gone that far to do it because it hasn't been that long that the body of Christ has really begun to embrace and understand this special time and this special means of our increase a means of our prosperity and increase so I want you to hear it and uh, thank you for giving us enough volume to understand the words thank you you may begin offering to the Lord, one of the fruit of the ground, the other the firstborn of his flock. God accepts one and rejects the other. Why? Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. The word tells us clearly that the offering Abel brought was the firstborn of his flock. But it doesn't say that Cain brought the first fruits of his crops. It simply says, in the process of time, Cain brought an offering. 
Cain harvested his crops and over time gathered enough to bring an offering. It was an offering on Cain's terms. God accepted Abel's offering because it was the first of his increase. Cain's offering was rejected because it wasn't the first of his. Giving the first to God requires faith. When a firstborn lamb is born in a flock, it's not possible to know how many more lambs that you might produce. But Abel gave his firstborn lamb in faith, whereas Cain made sure he had enough for himself before giving to God. Many of us treat God the same way as Cain, making sure we have enough money before we see if there's anything left for God. Even if we give from what's left over, God can't accept the offering because it's not the first fruit. Other stories emphasize this truth. In the account of the fall of Jericho, the Lord gave strict instructions that the Israelites were not to keep any of the spoils from Jericho. All of it belonged to him, the Lord declared. Jericho belonged to the Lord because it was the first city conquered in the promised land. It was the first fruits. God withheld his blessing from Israel when one man took some of the spoils for himself. The first belongs to God. There was much more at stake than money when Abraham offered his firstborn son Isaac. When God asked for his son, Abraham didn't wait to have ten sons before giving Isaac. He gave the first when he only had one to give. Abraham had only the promise of having more sons. It took faith for Abraham to offer Isaac. Faith that God respected and blessed. And God did the same for us. He gave his first in the form of his son, his first and only begotten son, who was given to us while we were still sinners. God gave Jesus in faith that we might one day give our lives to him. The gift of his son came before the blessing of our repentance and salvation. We give our first fruits in much the same way. Before we see the blessing of God, we give it in faith. Giving the first fruits of your income says to God, I recognize you first. I am putting you first in my life, and I trust you to take care of the rest. So it's a it's a, it's it's a it's a very um, subtle but powerful principle. It's possible to love God and not even get it. What if God had already prepared everything you needed and desired, but required you to have a certain attitude so that when you received what he had prepared, you don't love it more than you love him. This is one of the challenges of heaven how can I bless you and you not fall in love with the blessing but you stay in love with the blesser God who can who can perform and do miracles the God you and I serve that has no lack at all Every material thing controlled, created by God the Father, the Creator. And the one thing he decided he would not have rulership over directly 
was your heart and my heart. This is amazing to me. And God would create you and you would create me and let me decide whether or not I would love him. Free will is a trip. What I want to do this season is I want to examine that through the scripture so that you can step into everything he desires. Some of you have already heard the prophetic word of what's coming. And this, even this very year, 2023, being a, a year of tremendous increase. If you believe that is so, raise your hand before the Lord and just say as a sign, Lord, I believe this is the year of tremendous increase. As you know, I just temporarily stopped the series <laughs> of Joseph, whom God demonstrated tremendous increase. But before Joseph could handle it, he had to get his heart right. But God doesn't want you falling in love with the thing. He wants you to, to be in love with, with the giver of the thing. God wants you to increase as never before, but God doesn't want you to shift your, your allegiance nor your affection to the thing he gives you. But the one who gives it. Idolatry is shifting your allegiance, your affections to something away from the giver of all things. God's challenge with, with Adam and Eve was the same challenge. For once Adam saw that, woo man, sorry that you didn't get it. But once he saw her, when Adam saw her, have mercy. He needed mercy. Once Adam tasted what, what that was like to be, oh my God. Ooh, 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 ooh. I think we could say without doing injury to scripture she was a bad mama jamma just as fine as she could be and when Adam saw her oh my he said whoa man I'm curious how many of you are married here today how many of you are married and not and not motivated by a shotgun <laughs> okay you got married because you wanted to right okay so so do you remember what it was like when you first saw her that I mean when things changed you might have grew up I mean you might have been the same class but all of a sudden when you saw her that particular time or that particular day or that particular party or that particular situation something happened you looked at her and you just couldn't look at her the same way. Do you remember, guys? Oh, that was a thing. Wasn't that a thing? I remember when I saw my, I mean, my woman, I remember. She was coming out of the classroom. She was coming out of the classroom. They had a hundred and some students in the classroom. Biology class, I didn't go that day. I was standing outside the class. It's the truth. And she came, and she came out of the classroom, 
And you know, her mama was real, her mama was good and saved. So she sent her to, to college with her skirts down here. And that day she came out of the classroom, her skirt had moved from down here to up here. Oh, what a revelation it was. <laughs> I can't. I said, ooh, I was standing with my buddy. We were both football stars. I said, man, you got to go. I got to see it. He said, where you going? I said, I'll see something. And so I, I left. And uh, no, actually, oh, I got to tell the whole story. He said to me, is that Carolyn? I said, yeah. Boy, it's something, it's something about it, isn't it? Attraction is something else. Once they came together and once they knew each other, as the scripture said, the Lord had given them an instruction. I'm in Genesis chapter 1, for those of in Genesis chapter 2, for those of you that are, need to find it. I'm going to land in Genesis chapter 4 at, at this morning for my closing. But I want you to hear this. Adam, when he saw her, he was overwhelmed. And he said, oh, then he started, he started, he, he became a poet. He said, this is flesh of my flesh. This is bone of my bone. Man, he starts prophesying when he saw that woman. Because none of the rest of the creation was like her. Though he was in charge, nothing of the creation was when she showed up, when God presented this woman to this man it was Baya. Baya. May the Lord present to you the one he wants you to have, all of you that want one. And raise your hand if you do. May you receive the anointing to receive her. Amen. 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 Some of y'all are ashamed. Mm. When Adam saw her, it was amazing. But God had given them instructions, and he said to them, in fact, he said to Adam, he said, Adam, in the middle of the garden, there's this tree growing. It's absolutely beautiful. And, and then when God gave, God gave his instructions to the man, he said, I want you to cultivate this and keep this garden. Make it grow. You're in charge. Gave him purpose. Gave him direction. That's why I say to brothers, when it's time for you to be made one with a woman, make sure you got your purpose together. Make sure you, you got your living together. All the women say, I got the brothers talking. All the well, women voices, what's going on? And so it was that, that, that Adam did and saw her, and it was amazing. But the Bible says that, that the enemy, in the form of a serpent, spoke to Eve. And, and the way he spoke to her was so cunning. He asked her questions. Really? Is that what God said? He said, don't touch it, don't eat it, don't touch it. Is, is that what God said? Oh, I, he said, the truth is, if you do eat it, if you do touch it, you'll be like him. He just don't want you to be like him. And she ate. And then she said, here, eat. Adam ate. Even though Adam knew he should not have eaten. I'll let all the saints say amen. And even though he knew, he knew what God said, he had to make a choice 
between what you've come to love this person and the thing God told him not to do. Because God said, the day you eat that, you will surely die. And the woman already ate, and now she is eating, and he's looking at her, and he remember what God said, she's going to die, and, but he would rather have her! It's, a, it's an amazing thing that, that uh, this, this war between the gift and the giver has been an ongoing one. That even the church of Jesus Christ today is having to wrestle with you. Do you love your comfort more than you love him? If you love your comfort more than you love him, then you will do whatever it takes to stay to keep that comfortability, even if it means working more hours, even if it means separating yourself from the house of God, from the people of God, from the things of God. If it comes to your comfort, you do whatever you got to do to keep that comfort. It's a war. It's the same kind of war. Do you love me or do you love the gift I gave you? We're dealing with the same deal right now. Some of you are living better than you ever lived in, in your whole life. Some of you live two, two and three, four times better than your parents. Some of you disdain, I ain't ever going back to that. You remember what that was like. Some of you remember what those smells were like. Ain't nobody talking to me this morning. You remember what it was like to be raised in that, na in that hood. You, you remember what it was like to have to go to that school. You remember what it was like to have to run from that crowd. You, you remember what it was like you just had to talk your way out of situations. You remember what that was like having to come home bruised and beat. Say, I ain't never going back to this. And God blessed you and kept you. Got an education. Educated God right out of your life. I'm sorry, forgive me. I didn't, that's, that's, that's not everybody, but... Yeah, many of us are struggling with that. The education that we have all puts God at the second seat. Puts him, puts you and your desires on the first seat. Makes the highest goal of your life the acquiring of stuff. And, and, and some of you have got stuff, and, and with the stuff you've got, the problem is that stuff has got you. God wants to deliver you. You need more stuff, but God can't afford to let you have more stuff because you've been, I told somebody, I said, you know, he could give you the million dollars, win the prize, but you'd be in Acapulco next week. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even show up. Talking about, hey. Hey. Some of y'all. Hey. This war between stuff and him is, is an ongoing battle that God is going to win. Say, God is going to win. And I want you to win. What he's doing right now, when God wanted to get our attention, what, when he wanted to get the church's attention, one of the things he did, he released the pandemic. COVID. You can say COVID. You say COVID. It was kind of like that movie that Disney came out with, uh, Mustafa, Lion King. Remember when they, when they used to say his name? Mustafa. Say it again. Mustafa. 
When you say COVID, people go, whoa, 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 COVID. Oh. It got us so bad, we wouldn't even sit next to each other. We love our comfort more than his word. We believe in what we can taste, feel, touch more than what he, he commands us to believe by faith. And God has been in this war getting the attention of the body of Christ. And so God is still doing it, getting our attention. I want you to win the battle this first week. Yes, amen, amen. Yes, hello? I'm trying, God. I'm trying to talk to him. I promise you, I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be, you know, civil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear that. I hear that. I'm going to do the best I can, Father. Okay, amen. That's, yes, sir. I'll do what you told me. Amen. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are in the middle of this because right now, 2023, February. Oh, my God, we have such a different situation. It's amazing to me. And the Lord wants to show us, to help us, because once you are free of the stuff, God can do all manner of stuff. Once you're free from ownership, God can now make you a steward and a manager. Once you are free from, 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 from being influenced by the world and all of its desires, which, by the way, becomes an enemy to God. Once you are free, then you can dress however you want. I come from a background, part of my background is a holiness movement. I grew up in the Baptist church, but you know, even Baptists were, had a holiness movement. And then when I came out of that, out of that movement, I jumped into a, into the, from a frying pan into the fire, into the Pentecostal church, and, and then we defined holiness by, you know, how long the skirt was. Hello, somebody. How long the skirt was, no earrings, no, come on, y'all talk to me. You remember what this was like. You couldn't even wear open-toed shoes. Them brothers were so horny, they didn't want to see your toenails. I don't know what, the, what, I don't know what was going on with them people. It's a shame. It's a shame. Have you noticed that all the holiness rules apply to the ladies and not the brothers? What is wrong with that? Something's wrong with that. Once God gets you free from stuff, then God can, he can pile all manner of stuff on you. But once it's so important to you that your peace and your well-being is based on how much you got in the bank, how many accounts you have. By the way, whenever God wanted to increase his people, he always took something away. He had to get us, had to get them and us into a place where we're no longer moved by that. We love him. I'm going to tell you something. Boy, dollar, the dollar bill is a horrible, 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 a horrible taskmaster. Horrible. But we're going to be all right because God's going to help us today. 
Now, Adam and Eve, they were drawn, uh, they were actually run out of the garden. And God said, I can't have you in here. I can't have you eating from the tree of, of life because I don't want you to be perpetually evil. So I'm, on, I'm not going to let you taste eternity in that evil state of disobedience and unbelief in what I said. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to guard this by an angel. He guarded the entrance into the, into the gar garden and the access to the tree of life. And, and, and they, were, they, were, they were forced out and now they had to, now what they could have done by joy, they had to do in drudgery. What they could have experienced in joy, everything from child childbearing to their career, their work, would have all been in joy. But because of sin, now it's a drudgery. And here they are outside the garden. But they, 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 their attraction for each other remained the same. Look at your name. Their attraction for each other remained the same. Someone told me that, I, I just listened to a, a podcast, it was uh, last week, and, and uh, one of the, one of the leaders, leaders of the podcast said, I chose to write about Genesis 1, chapter 1 through chapter 6. I chose that because the rest of the Bible is repeated from Genesis, the first six, chapter, first six chapters. All the major understandings of truth and knowledge that we have about God are in seed form in Genesis 1 through 6 or 5. That's where we answer the question, how we get here, who made the earth, how old is it, how long, uh, how long has it been? We, we get the question to, uh, uh, please help me all, just bear with me. We get the answer to the question, what is a male, what is a female, is there a difference? We get it in Genesis. I'm amazed at the lack of response to that statement. Tap your neighbor and said, you do know what a man is, right? Tap your neighbor said, you do know what a woman is, don't you? Uh, unfortunately, one of the recently elected judges, they can't give me the definition of a woman. She said, I can't give you the definition because I'm not a scientist. God help me today. Help me today. Help me today. So there they are outside of what God really intended, now they're working out of the sweat of their brow and they're having children. And they had two children. And I want to talk to you for the next 10, 15 minutes about these two children. Because the first thing God does, it's amazing to me, pardon me, the first thing God does, now that they're outside of the garden, the first thing he does, I want to show you how to prosper. Everything, once you get past Genesis 2 and 3, everything is about redemption, how God restores what he always wanted. How God brings us back into his favor and his blessing. So, isn't it, isn't it amazing? By the time you get to Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to start there again. Genesis chapter 4, by the time you get there, the Lord is telling us what to do for our finances, our well-being to be restored. I just never saw it that way. When I saw it, I said, oh my God. 
So if you don't get this, I understand why it's so hard for you. I understand why you can work at a job for 20 years, have a small pension with a, a third of what you actually were, were making, and they expect you to live now on a third of what you were making. Uh, really? Why people work, 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 that while people will work a job they can't stand because it's, it gives them an income they love. Wasting their talent and their life, unfortunately, doing something they can't, they, did, they hate it. It's amazing. And making money that at the end of a period of time you look back and can't even find it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let's not even talk about interest rates. Let's don't, let's don't talk about what has shifted in the whole economy. And God help us, don't, let's don't talk about shortages. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. Some of y'all need to go online and get the information so you can get ready for the shortages that are coming. By the way, you're online, don't forget, there's shortages coming. It's being telegraphed everywhere. Have anybody here, other than in here, heard anything about food shortages in the last six or eight weeks? If you have, would you raise your hand? Look online, check out, check out the hands online. Check out, check out the hands that are raised. Raise them up high so they can see, they'll understand that you've heard about it. Grocery stores closing. Food processing plants being burnt systematically across the country. Fertilizing, fertilizing for the worldwide fertilizer being shortened. Oh, it's nuts. Oh, I think it was Ohio that just had that chemical spill by the train. Had enough chemicals to kill the whole town. Which impacts the food production. What if God wanted to show us how to get over that? How to prosper, how to increase in the midst of, I, I, hate, to, I, I hate to even say it, what, what appears to be financial disaster that this country is headed towards. This, this country is headed towards without change. So they had two sons, say two sons. One was called Cain and the other was called so look here, just understand God's showing us right away, right after the fall, what do you do? Now the man had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived. And by the way, I'm so sorry that some of you have been confused. I want to ask you forgiveness for those who confused you. I think here in this one scripture, it makes it really clear, clear. The male, the, ma the man as in the male, the one that has a male appendage, amen men had relations that relation means they knew her it means sexual relations are you there saints with his wife she's the woman he got he got the pointer she got the exit amen and the bible says he came together with her he came together with her and they had two sons One was Cain, one was Abel. So, Cain and Abel, what they don't, what the scripture does not tell us is the details of their growing up. But they had to grow up. 
And she said, oh, I've got a man. I've got a man child with the help of the Lord. And again, she gave birth to his brother, verse 2, Abel. And Abel was the keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So we have two brothers in a household. And they both, and, and usually what happens in, in households, children gravitate to their skill and desire. So obviously, with Cain, he lucked to play in the dirt. Y'all there? He was a tiller of the ground. It means he could make stuff grow. Boy had a green thumb as a, as a tradition. It's kind of a thing we say, if you're good with plants, you can make things grow. I don't believe God was displeased with him at all. I don't think God was mad with, with, with Cain because he, that he loved to play in the dirt. Some of you sitting here today, you love to play in the dirt. You got dirt in your house. I don't mean dirty house. I mean, you got dirt pots in dirt pots. You, got, you just put it in there and just sing to it and it grows. It's amazing. My wife has been working on this plant that we've had for almost a year. Is it a year yet, baby? Yes, I bought her an orchid, and, and she was determined to make this orchid grow. And you know, they grew, and the petals and all that fell off, and the little green shoots came out. And somebody said, oh, you don't put a whole lot of water. Just put an ice cube in there every week. And she'd been putting that ice cube. She'd go in there, get that ice cube out, and put that ice cube on that little plant, and just sit it there. And, it, and sure enough, the little green petals are growing out. Some of y'all love to play in the dirt. It's a good thing. I played in the dirt. My daddy made me play in the dirt. Made me uh, dig up the garden. Made me dig up the yard. Maybe made me mow the yard. Whew. Some of y'all played in the dirt big time. We made dirt huts. We made. No, that's the truth. Yeah, we did. We we got shovel. We got these flat shovels. You know. And, carved this out a square by the fence when the fence come together like this but we carved all that out dug it about a foot deep and then got straw and pulled the straw and, and got a, one of them chicken wire fences and put the chicken wire fence in the corner of the fence and then took take that straw and weaved the <laughs> we weaved the grass all up in the oh it was hot it was awesome and we weaved that grass all in that hut and it was dug out and when the hot sun was coming we'd be in the cool of the place where we had dug out and made for ourselves sitting in the dirt oh we loved it until one day a black widow spider showed up and we, we got out love to play in the dirt some of you guys love dirt in your fingers it's a beautiful thing the bible says Cain he was a tiller of the soil, but Abel, he was a keeper of the flock. Now, God does not, he is not dispositioned in a different way over those who, who, who can deal with animal herding and those who, can, who are tillers of the ground. He, he's, there's nothing in God that makes one better than the other, nothing. But God does what? I'm not sure where they learned it from. I'm going to give you what I believe, how I believe they learned this. When God put Adam in the garden, God taught what we would call the principle of tithing. He taught him that. He said, all these other 
all these other plants, everything else in the garden, you can touch it, you can deal with it, you can eat with it. But there's one in the middle of the garden, don't mess with that one. You have to till it, make it grow, but you can't consume it. Excuse me, all of the rest of them are yours, Adam. You can, you can eat from it, have a good living from it, but this one in the middle of the garden, I want you to cultivate it, but don't take from it. What? Read it, you'll see, I'm not lying. So you're God, you mean to me, I'm going to dig it, make it grow, but I can't eat what grow. No, don't, he said, that's mine. Now I'm going to give you everything else. How many of you growing up your mother said to you, <laughs> nah, don't, don't be coming here and touching. Don't be messing with me. You had all kind of stuff. Don't come in here and mess with my stuff. How many of you got that command when you were young? You had all kind of stuff, double, triple the stuff. But the one she said, don't mess with, guess what the one, guess which one you wanted? Man, you like, oh man, that, you talk, oh man. Isn't it amazing when the command comes over that one thing that you're not supposed to have? Something happens in the heart and the desire for that thing begins to grow. And the more you look at it, the more you want it. Why do you want it? Because I said you can't have it. What is that on the inside of us that demands what we can't or shouldn't have? You were doing real good till your mama told you not to go to the park. Once she told you not to go, oh, baby, we're going to find a way. My kids jumped out the back window. Oh, we told them that. They waited till it was dark because their window was right there. Oh, you got to raise it up. So put your leg out. You're on, you're on the ground. So they got out the back window. Some of you kids in here, the same age my kids, you were with them. Where are you? I know you're in here somewhere. Oh, I knew you was in here somewhere. What is that? Adam, I don't want you to touch this tree. That's the principle of tithing. You earn and you hit. there's an increase. God said, that, that 10%, I don't, don't touch the 10%. That belongs to me. That's called tithe. You work the whole 40-hour week. But four hours of, of labor belongs to God. Exclusively. And he said, first of all, everything is mine. Even you are mine. And, and, and I'm going to let you work. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to allow you to give me a tenth, which says you love me enough to obey me and believe me that you can live better off the 90 than you can off the 100. That's what a tithe is. Really, God? Yeah, prove me. I'll, I'll prove to you. Prove me and see if I'll not do what I say. That's what the book of Malachi talks about. God taught Adam and Eve the principle in the garden. Everything else you can have, you can consume that, but that in the middle, it belongs to me. And this is the way you honor me. This is the way you believe me. You can only tithe on what you've made. Tap your neighbor and say, you can only tithe on what you've made. How many of you, 
How many of you know that God knows exactly how much you made? <laughs> That's so crazy, isn't it? I mean, he knows every dime. He knows every bill. By the way, God, tell your neighbor, God did not create those bills. Tell him what I said. Tell him what I said. He did not do it. It, it is your Macy's account. It's not God's Macy's account. It's, it's, it's your Neiman Marcus account. It's not God's Neiman Marcus account. Talk to me, saints. I'm about, you're about to get rich in a minute if you hear what I'm trying to say. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. God put that principle there because he knows your nature. Tap your name and say, he knows your nature. He said, because you love me, if you care, if you love me and you believe me, if you love me and you believe me, what you do, I'll let you, I, I, you can, all the rest. But that one thing, that, that, that's the principle, that one thing. And here's, here's, here's the principle that goes with it. Give him, the, give him that one thing, ASAP. Because the longer you wait, the more it feels like yours. Tap your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Say, he's talking to you right now. So God wanted to have, he wanted to have his blessing over everything you've made. And the way God releases his blessing over everything we have made is by taking a tenth of what we have made and surrendering that with, look, don't, listen, can you imagine you sitting there and God, God bless you, and God's, and you, and you take that 10%, that you say, here you go, God. Are you okay, baby? God's sake. <laughs> she said, I'll be God for you. <laughs> that, isn't, that, isn't that right? Some people don't handle this very well because when it comes to giving, there's something in the nature that's not right. Everything else, all of what you've done, fine. But that one little 10%, what I want you to do with that, would you take that, get that off the top and say, Lord, Lord. What you're really saying is all of it belongs to you, but I, I, I represent all of this in the tenth, as you told me. Look at your neighbor and say, God, God's going to bless you right now. Tell, tell your neighbor and say, I repent for not tithing. Tell your neighbor, I repent for not tithing. Um, and and if, you can, if you don't get it, God loves a cheerful giver, so, so it's attitude, look at your name, it's attitude God's looking for. Have you noticed some children when they're born, they love to share? Some of you are saying, what child are you talking about? My, my grandson born to my youngest son, Matthew, Luca, uh, he, 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 there's something in him, he, he, he wants you to take it first. And he won't eat it until you eat some first. And then he's fine. I, I, I felt kind of like the king in the cupbearer. <laughs> okay, let's go forward. When God goes after this attitude, he went for it first in, with, with, with Cain, with, with, 
Adam and Eve, and now the sons have to learn it too. But when we, when we see the giving principle in their life, what the first thing they expose us to is something I had never seen. It was only several years ago that I saw it for the first time. Because if I say tithe, the very word itself, T-I-T-H-E, means tenth. If some people need to go back to school, tap in if you need to go back to school, how to work that decimal point, tell ask them, maybe they're not working. It's real simple. I made a thousand dollars this week. You take that decimal point, move it, move it over how much? Two times. And then that's how much you get. That's your tenth, right? Is one time? She said two. She said again. Once if I have a thousand, one, zero, 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 right? I move it over how much? Because once to the left means it's not a thousand, but it's a ten. Who said ten? Oh, you said ten. You know, I was about to send you back to school. Praise God. <clears throat> I want to tell you something that Carol and I learned early in our walk with God. What we learned is that we could live better off the 90% than we could live off the 100%. We, we found that out in experience. The reason why I'm, I'm speaking with you about tithe is because this, where, I, where, I'm, where, we're, where we're going together where we're, is much greater, much more powerful. But you got to get the, the, that first part right first. So we always give room for the saints of God to tithe because that's God's kingdom economy working in your life when you obey and believe. I do feel sad and sorry for those who are publicly teaching something different. So that you know where your bishop stands. I have not moved my position from the scripture. And now I want to take you one more step. Only take a few more minutes. So the Bible says Cain bought an offering to the Lord. Does not say tithe. Look at it. Does not say tithe. And he brought some of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. And it says Abel. He took the. The Bible uses the word firstlings. I'm not sure if you, if you never heard it, animals, then you, you may not understand this. But when animals have sex, they have babies. When those babies come, you don't know how many babies are potentially in that animal. In the same way, you don't know how many children are in the loins of your firstborn child. God was so animate about this, he told Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, I'm speaking through Moses, my servant. I want you to let Israel, my son, let him go. Pharaoh did some kind of crazy. He said, who is God? Miss Wanda, he did not know who he was talking to. Now he had profited for 400 years from their free labor. And God said, I want my son back. 
because God looked at Israel as a son. Pharaoh said, if I let him go. God said, Moses, tell him. He don't know. Moses said, said, uh, said uh, Pharaoh, uh, I, I just wouldn't have said what you just said because he heard what you said. And uh, he going to teach you what the firstborn mean in just a few hours. Every firstborn child in Egypt fell dead. An animal. The whole land stunk of animal death. And the whole land reeked of the screaming of the mothers of Egypt for losing their firstborn sons. God says, you don't let my firstborn go. Because my firstborn is my progeny. My firstborn is the future. My firstborn, all that I've invested in the world is in my firstborn. So when Cain came and brought that, the firstlings, that is the firstborn of his flock. See, if you have two grown sheep, you know, they're only going to live for so long. But if they mate and they multiply, they can live forever and ever and they can on and on and on. You understand what I'm saying? So when he picked that little, that little firstborn of his flock and brought it to the Lord, he was bringing his future to God. Lord have mercy. The Bible says. This, was, this is what I'm about to tell you is tradition. Usually when you gave an offering, if the smoke went up, it meant God was pleased. And he received it. If the smoke went in your face, it Can you imagine Cain comes with his, his, he just got some fruits together. I like what the film said. When he had enough for himself, then he brought some to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's not talking to you, but some people only give to God when they feel like they got enough for themselves. And the God who loves you is wanting to show you what he can do through you and what he can do for you. But he can't do it if you're in love with what he gave you more than the one who gave it. So, so Cain, he comes to bring his fruits. He, he, here, 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 you know, and, and, and traditionally they would burn it because that was a way of consuming it. That means I don't consume it. I'm going to burn it as under the Lord. So the smoke would go. That smoke was everywhere. <laughs> and he's not happy. Hello, somebody. Whereas Cain, he's coughing. Here comes Abel. And the smoke streams up and, and goes up to the heavens. And God was well pleased. Because God saw something in his offering. I'm sorry, help me, y'all. God was looking at Abel's heart in his offering. His attitude was in his offering. His disposition before God was in his offering. He understood who God was. He knew 
everything he had, his well-being, even the very breath in his body was by, by God Almighty. It was his privilege and his honor to offer unto God, not his bane, not his loathing, but he wanted to. By the time his brother comes along, and he coughing, his brother look over, his brother ain't coughing. His brother, his brother not coughing. He look, <coughs> 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 you're reading the scripture, you'll see. This is not good. This is not good. He, 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 you know, his, he, I'm, I, I, if I'm Cain, his Abel, Abel got his hands up to God because he's just thankful that his, because he knows if God received it, there's more coming. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, there's more coming. If God received it every, listen to me. If God, if he received it, that means everything he has left and what God wants to bring forth is going to happen. So he's got his hands up to God. And the brother, he like this. <coughs> Get the picture? He praising God. <coughs> And he's looking over at him, and he sees, he sees God's acceptance. This is, we had a problem with this right now in the body of Christ. Right now! Some other brothers looking at other brothers, seeing how blessed they are, and they get jealous and mad with God, with their brother and their sister. They do injury to, the, to their brother and their sister because they, they, theirs wasn't received. The Bible says that Cain, he was, his face was tore up. Help me right now so you can go home. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Fred. Are you still with me? Okay, check, check this out. Check this, look in the scriptures. This is awesome. It says, I'm in chapter, I'm in chapter four of Genesis. Abel bought, in verse four, he bought of the firstlings of his flock and their portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Are you there, saints? So Cain became what? And his, his face is toe up. Oh, he got an attitude right now. And the Lord said to Cain, hey man, why your face toe up? I'm sorry, you see it there in the scripture? The Lord said, there, King, why, why, are you, why, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Are you all reading the scripture? Are you reading the scripture? Now, look at the grace of God. Look at the love of God. Look at the next verse. Are you still breathing? And the Lord said, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why are you, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If, verse 7, please read it with me. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? Look at the grace of God. God gives him an opportunity to get it right. Give five to your neighbors. God gave you a whole lot of opportunities. Hey, he gave me a whole lot of opportunities to get it right. 
Man, Cain is, uh, Cain is, is, man, he's being weighed in the balances. Excuse me, look at me right quick. But you can tell where a person is by how they handle their money. You can tell a person's attitude toward God by the checkbook, by their cash app. You can tell where a person's shown up internal position toward God. You can always, the Father said, what Jesus said in the New Testament, he says, where a man's treasure is, come on, there will his heart be, come on, also. You really can tell what worship is in a person's life by what they do with what God has blessed them. Is this awesome? My wife and I made this decision together years ago. And from that time to now, it's been an increasing, revolving decision to honor God no matter what. No matter whether the Negroes gave or not, bro. bro, Because they don't give all the time. And we don't have another job. Am I talking to the right people here today? But we had to trust God. And we've had to, and we shall, and we will by the grace of God. And God said, you know what? He said, you can't help the people until you are no longer dependent upon the people. If your dependence on the people changes what you preach to the people, I can't use you as my servant. Have mercy, have mercy, do we not know? We never told you, we, we haven't run before you all of our financial battles. But I will tell you in this fresh first fruit, first fruit season, God has kept his word to us when others have not kept their word to God. God don't have a lack of sources. Remember that, saints. God is not restricted to your concept or your idea of, of financial resources. God has sources you don't know anything about. God can speak to somebody in a moment that doesn't even know your name and write that check for what's near, bam, there it is. Put, and with cash app today, oh my God. All you gotta have is your phone number. Hello, somebody. So God said to Cain, man, come on, get your face right. Do you see the father, do you see the father in this? You see the father, his heart toward his son? Listen, you want to see it from another perspective? God said, I know what your father Adam did. I know he preferred your mama to me. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to get this right. Can you imagine God said, all right, I'm going to give you a shot. Give you Man, knowing what I know right now, I'd have been running. Lord, have mercy. I'd have got everything I could get, I could, everything I could carry. I'd have got, hey, 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 Abel, can I borrow one of your carts, man? Because I wanted my heart to be right. Lift your hand to the Lord right there where you stand. Lord, I want you to deliver us from every form of fear. 
a fear that you won't re reciprocate, a fear that you won't come through. Deliver us from every fear that the enemy speaks into our minds that we will, have, we will be lacking and that we won't have enough. It is a lie! I declare in the name of Jesus, you are more than enough. Prove yourself to, to your people who are willing to respond to your command. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, that thing was so heavy. So, thank you, baby. So he said, he said, he said, are y'all there with me? Come on, read it so, so we can go home and get this done. Uh, uh, do you see that verse where he says in verse 7, if you do well, if you do well, look at Jennifer, if you do well, if you do well. I wonder what doing well, I wonder what doing well means in this context. Is doing well begin with your attitude? Not looking at what your brother did or couldn't do. Not, you know the worst sin in the body of Christ? The sin of comparison. Looking over and seeing how God blessed them and didn't bless you. Or the opposite. How much God blessed you but didn't bless them. It's horrible. Horrible. You know the greatest cause of division even in the body of Christ is comparing what you've got to somebody else. Lord help us and deliver us. God wants to use you to bless the world. How can he do that if you won't even let him bless you? He said, look, he, he said, look, now some of y'all have a real strange look on your face, so I'm not going to look back at you right now. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost deal with you. Amen. But look at this. It says right here, if you do well, say it, if you do well. Come on, say, if I do well, my countenance will be lifted up. And then he says the second part, which brings my knees to shaking. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And it desire is for you. Don't do the last phrase yet. But I want you to see this because many people, oh, how many of God's people, he wanted to, pr to promote you. He wanted to raise you up. But we, as we were talking about, Joseph, when the pressure came and you have to perform and you don't have the pay yet or you have to do what's right and people are doing wrong by you and, you, and, and you're mad with God because of your situation, but he's requiring you to do what is right. As Joseph had to do that, God was preparing him for a day when lack wouldn't even be in his vocabulary. What do you want more? Your comfort or God's pleasure? What do you want more? To be able to look at it, but I just won't be able to see it in the closet. If I could just see it, you ain't wore it in five years, but if I can just see it, it's all lined up. I got 10 of them. You only wear it one at a time. How many God told you to give away? How many of you got stuff? Just piled up. Your brother, your sister got needs. You won't even give it. Because you're too worried, you know, because you, you won't be able to say, well, what if I want to change? I got to have some change. I got to have some variety in my life. And God's trying to get you to a point where that does not even matter. And by the way, when that doesn't matter anymore, you'll have more than you can handle. And so the Lord says, hey, if you do well, I'm gonna, your countenance is going to change. 
But sin is crouching at the door. So I want to be careful with this right here because I don't want you to fall prey to what's crouching, trying to get you. That greed, that fear, that lust, that, uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking about sexual lust, I'm talking about lust for stuff. That thing that keeps you from, from God, keeps God from using you mightily and greatly. The thing that prohibits the anointing on your life. I know you got that beautiful coat, but it could be that God would strip you of that coat, put you in that cave, put you in a situation you don't like, make you wear stuff you don't want to wear. Because of what he has called your life to be. In, in this case, God says, Cain, I want your face to get right because I want you to overcome this thing that's crouching at your door. This greed thing, this thing that says, mine. This fear thing that says, oh, 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 you know, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. You don't, you don't, you don't know, you don't know. And you're scared. And what are you afraid for? Have you forgotten who your father is? Have you forgotten his ability to call something out of nothing? Okay, it was a lot more seriously heavy than I thought it was going to be. So I guess I'll get out of here. When I, I get, let them do what they want to do. Just make, make sure you, 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 you take advantage of the moment. He says, oh, crouching at the door and his desire is for you. Last phrase. Are you there, saints? Last phrase. What, what does it say? But. What does it say? One more time, please. You, not your mama, not your wife. You have to, man, you got to master this. You got to get on top of this thing. You got to deal with this thing. You got to pull them bills out the drawer. You got to look at and see how much you owe. You got to deal with yourself as a financial manager. You got to be honest with what you've done with your money. With his money, the money he gave you. That you made because of his strength in you. I thought it going to be light. Man, let me tell you something. I hear breaking, cracking up everywhere. So, what you gonna do, bro? I don't know, you better do something. So what happens? First fruit season is different because God's not gonna tell, it's not like, it's not like somebody has to say, well, I want you to put $10,000 in the first fruit offering. Although that wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, the first time we did it, we had never given $10,000. See, right now it's like, $10,000. Some of you, if you gave a if you gave a hundred dollars, it'd be like, wow! Because you'd be giving one dollar every offering for so long. God said, "Well, I want to promote you. I want to bring you up." A first fruit offering is not a tithe. It's between you and the Lord, and it's something out of your heart. Are you there still? Are you breathing still? So it's not just what you give; it's the way you bring it. It must be, here, here, here's a good way to gauge it. If it's not precious to you, why do you think it's going to be precious to him? If it's not precious to you, how could it be precious to him? If it's precious to you, then, he, and then God is, that's why the, he said, 
You see that woman? You see that poor woman? She snuck up on that offering. She put that mite. Bing! Two mites. Were it two mites? Bing, bing! <laughs> and they're all looking to, you know, Jesus looking at the offering plate. You see what they're doing. And the, she comes up. She said, you see her? They said, yeah, we saw her, Lord. She gave more than them all. More? What is your measurement of more, Jesus? More? Yeah, she gave more than them all because she gave out of her need, out of her poverty. Which means, I believe you, Lord, you know I ain't got much. But I'm giving you out of what I got so I can get more. Because you're promising. Okay. So you must master it. So in these next few weeks, what I want you to do is, is, is I want you to get that in your mind. Lord, teach me how to master this. So your countenance can be up. So you know the, the, you know the flood is coming. You can take advantage of the prophetic word that has been spoken over you. Some of you business people were with us in the business meeting. The prophetic words that were spoken over you are dependent upon you mastering this principle. That whatever you say to me, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. And the first fruit comes not a tithe. It comes in lieu of what's coming. Say, what's coming? I want you, here's the principle. Agree with each other if you're married. If you can't agree, add the two up and give them both. Not that. <laughs> agree with each other. If you're single, agree with you and the Lord. In your spirit, yeah, that's good. Let it be significant. In fact, when you look in the Old Testament, he says the first fruit is the best. The, give the best. That's how, that's how God, God's looking for your best. You know what God's going to do? God's going to match his best to your best. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're talking from past experience of what God has done for you. So here we go. And if you've never given first fruits, this is an awesome place to give it because of the, of the word of the Lord here, because of the faith of God here, and God will keep his promises because you heard it. You heard it here. So first fruit is that gift you gather together. We have a season. It starts now till April 2nd. Say April 2nd. At literal first fruits in the scripture is actually resurrection Sunday. Easter is actually first fruits. And, and, and April 2nd is the Sunday before Easter. Do we actually practice the principle where Jesus himself says, I am the first fruits of many brethren? So I want you to bow your heads. Thank you for being sober. Because this should not be a hype. This should be, wow, Lord, you're going to give me the opportunity to chart my financial future with the attitude and the generosity of my heart? Wow. So I want you to consider that amount. It should be significant. It, 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 it could be the most important offering of the year for you. 
It should be significant in that it means something to you. It should be above and beyond whatever else has been done. And it should be in a, in a heart of gratitude. So by the time Cain strolls up with that one baby, baby uh, animal, we assume it was a lamb, uh, whatever his flock was, he, he offers that thing. And, and, and knowing that in this lamb are many, many more lambs, but I put that in the hands of God and allow him to bring that forth his way. Ooh-wee. So, confer. Confer with each other. And on your phone, on your phone, on your, the phone app has uh, uh, the application uh, Metro City app. Under giving, we'll have a place for first fruits. You can put in there either what you, are, what you intend to gather. You can put in there right now what, what you are releasing. You can also pledge it between now and that 2nd of April. Fill that out in your in the in the app and begin it today with soul seed toward this promise. I, I really I said seed, but I don't really want to use that word in accordance with first fruit. And I, I'll, I'll give you some more next time. You're gonna you think it's unbelievable. But you'll understand that that it's it's actually a blessing from the Lord to increase. Bring the first fruit, put it in the hands of the priest, and I will cause a blessing to rest upon you and your household. Some of you are not, some of you are very familiar with what I'm saying. This is not new for you at all. And your challenge will be not to gravitate or not to sink to the level of Cain who just went through the motions, his heart wasn't there. Don't do that. Step into it. Listen to me. If you feel like you're stuck, you know, stuck, it's got you, and, and it, it's got you so concerned, the way you get deliverance is, Lord, I'm releasing this to you. I trust you. It's a marvelous marvelous release it's a marvelous deliverance when you, when you no longer are are guarded and, and controlled by the need for stuff in fact my wife and I we've asked the Lord to give, put us in a situation when we can give far more than we ever received Help us, Lord, raise the people who do the same. Are you doing that right now? Are you taking care of it right now? I'm sorry, I'm these silent phones. I can't hear no beeps or, or, or dings or whistles, so, you know, it's all silent. So, I just believe you're doing it. If you have, if you've finished that outlay of that, and then I want you to stand to your feet, if you have started this process, once you have once you have entered in what you're going to do. Some of you are going to enter into the offering. If, you, if you're going to give it as an offering right now, under offering, it'll come up first fruits. And you can just nail that right there. 
one of the things I, I want to do for you is I want to pray for you as you gather and complete it all. And when you have completed, tell me that because I'm praying differently when you, when you have completed it. I want you to step into it in the name of Jesus. Those of you that are standing, come forth in Jesus' name. He wants you more in love with him than you are in the stuff. For some of you, this is a test. What did he say to Peter? Peter, do you love me more than these? Talking about the fish he gathered. Do you love me, Peter, more than these? Peter, I'm going to make you a fish of men. You're not going to lack anything. Hallelujah. Those of you that are sitting in the seat, stretch your hands towards these that are standing. Uh, if, if, if these that are standing here are, are undoubtedly familiar with first fruits, some of them have even been gathering their first fruits without ever being told because it's a part of their lifestyle now and they know this is the beginning of it. And they're going to get it in early because they understand as you get it in, God is able to do. You release God to do what he's always wanted to do anyway. I want you to master this thing. Ooh, can you imagine God you mastering the whole financial thing? What God can do through a person or through a couple that has mastered this? They're no longer afraid about the physical. No longer afraid about the financial. They're managing correctly. And they're releasing to the Lord what he asks. That is amazing. God is awesome.